evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL Championship. Tonight, uh, a draw that probably feels like a loss, especially considering a horrific injury that happens early in the match that I think maybe unsettled the team a little bit. We'll get into it. And then we will preview a very important match in North Carolina against NCFC. Big stuff happening, guys. The, the the top of the table, which seemed at least, you know, the first one or two spots destined for the New York Red Bulls, too, is absolutely slipping away, especially with Pittsburgh's uh, result right now. I believe they are currently still winning. But before we get to all that, joining me tonight for the first time in quite a long time, it's Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. Welcome to the show. Oh my God, I'm a lot back in the room. Who would have thought it? <laughs> you got past the guards. I don't know how it worked, but uh, congratulations. You Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones past my laser security. Well, half the battle is like you have to walk in knowing where you're going and no one's going to stop you. He's like, oh, he obviously knows where he's going. So, you know, <laughs> the, the so, like, I, I waited for someone to walk up to your security and then I kind of like, excuse me, and kind of like walk past them and like walk like I knew where I was going. And yeah. the security guy was like, well, obviously I know. him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got confidence. Then they don't question anything. And, uh, you know, they, they I guess they can't tell the difference between you and Joe Steen or Bill. So there's that. I, uh, very big differences between me, Joe and Bill. I really should have vetted security better. Maybe even given them an eye test. Yeah, that's <laughs> just true. I mean, there's, there's like, there's a lot, there's a big height difference. I even think Joe Steen's like at least a couple inches shorter than me. And Bill is like, God, probably like a foot taller than me. <laughs> he, he didn't use that measuring stick he carries. I think that's what it is. He's got that stick that he's always carrying. Oh, God. All right. Whatever. Uh, let's talk about this match. Uh, very frustrating, I think, all around. Um, Jared Stroud probably had his worst game for RB2, and it wasn't really that bad of a game. But just in the final third, you know, something wasn't right for him. A little bit off in terms of, of just creating his chances or when he was going to take them. Maybe it's in his head that uh, he's close to breaking the single-season record for goals scored for RB2, but... Something not right there. And I'd like to think that that all starts in the fourth minute or so when Edgardo Rito is racing down the right side. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember who tackled the ball away from him. Uh, but it dislocated his ankle, and it looked horrific. I thought it was broken for sure when he first popped up. His his foot was facing absolutely the wrong direction. It really unnerved everyone on the field uh, when it happened, and it's a, a horrible and tragic loss for Rito, who was starting to come on and showing pretty pretty well down the stretch. Yeah, it, it was a really ugly injury. It's one of those ones where it can go one of two ways, one of, one of which is you're a young kid and you're made out of rubber, or we're not going to see you again for a year. Um, and unfortunately, he had to come off the field, and it looked pretty darn bad. Um, uh, not to dwell on this, but this is a lot of the reasons why people yell about wanting this game to be played on the right kind of surfaces, not to knock the stadium itself. I know it's artificial, but it is a very good artificial turf, but still, um, you know, you, you gain a lot of traction, uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot harder of, of a landing sometimes, and that can lead to unfortunate injuries. 
Yep. And that was the case here. We know that uh, Rito had uh, a surgery or is going to have surgery coming up. I forget what the update was today. I can probably look that up while we talk. Um, and he's out for the rest of the year. There's there's no coming back from that this season. It means that you're going to see a back line that's probably going to start with Sean McSherry, who himself is coming back from a long injury layoff. Uh, he did well over the last couple of weeks. Um, not necessarily a starter, but he's someone that could add to the offense. He's okay uh, defensively, and I, you know, I don't think that he did poorly in this match. Um, but you know, it's a little bit sad. Uh, he Rito did have successful surgery over the weekend, and again, he will miss the remainder of 2019. Get well soon, Edgardo. Uh, we are all counting on you. Maybe this will help galvanize the team around you, and uh, we'll see some better performances. You know. The run of results over the last couple of games is certainly something that I think should make fans nervous. We're still seeing a lot of positives, but it just in terms of of finishing and uh, being a little bit more clinical around the net, things have not been so good. Their last win uh, was on Friday the 13th against Charlotte. And before that, that was in September, by the way, uh, before that, you have to go back to before the the. the return home, uh, it was against Swope Park Rangers back in August. So they have one win in the month of September. Really brutal stretch for them. Nashville has been able to pass them with their strong form of late. Pittsburgh, of course, like I just said, they did win tonight. 2-1 uh, to one over Loudoun United. Loudoun was up for a while in that match. They ended up uh, blowing the lead. But they're up. They're, they're four points ahead of, of New York. I don't expect... The Red Bulls to be able to catch them. It'll be interesting if they do, but I really don't expect that. Just underneath them, Tampa Bay and Indy 11 breathing down their necks. Indy 11's on a bad run of form, uh, but they still have a game in hand and are only one point back. Tampa Bay is tied on points. This is a ferocious finish that's going to have to happen for this team. We could be talking about uh, them finishing fifth. And is that the final spot that gets a home playoff game? I th- uh, think so. I- Yes, because there, yeah, there, there are ten no, teams. Yes, you're right, you're there are ten right. teams. Fourth is in MLS. Yeah, no, but like ten, because like one, two, three, four. No, because like technically nine and ten play that one game, the other, the wild card game, quote unquote. Oh, right. So then that would mean one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, and four plays five. So yeah, so four is actually the last home yeah. spot. So so they're in a bad spot. I thought for sure yeah. we'd be able to see a home playoff game this year. It's looking less and less likely. Really tough matches coming up, but we'll get to that, of course. Uh, Matthias Jorgensen scores in this game. He's the third player to score 10 goals for the Red Bulls 2 this season. Congrats. The other two are Tom Barlow and Jared Stroud. Barlow has not played much uh, since getting that MLS uh, contract and has mostly been starting over the last couple of weeks during Brian White's injury layoff. Uh, just in terms of the way that they approached the match, I, they did really well. They held so much of the ball. They created so many problems. But Charleston were able to stick around because of things like the missed Stroud penalty and the numerous chances put off target or, you know, on the doorstep that were, that were missed. And I think when you look at the trajectory of the season, you don't want to see this kind of trend heading into the playoffs. And it's only going to get harder from here on out. Every match is going to have a really strong intensity as these teams are sort of shuffling for their final places. The only way for Red Bull 2 to drop down as far as 6th is them 
to completely lose the next three games and uh, Louisville City to win all of their remainders, which is possible. I think North Carolina, no, North Carolina can't catch them. Or can they? Oh, yeah, they can. So they yeah. <laughs> they could drop all the way down to seventh place, which th- this is that would be a disastrous way to finish the year. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. You look at the remaining games for um, Red Bull 2, and I would say that Bir- Birmingham and Loudoun are very winnable games. Um, the, the one thing I will say is that you notice that one of the trends that I notice anyway about those games that they're losing, they're losing to teams that are not necessarily MLS affiliated, full on MLS affiliated teams. You're talking about veteran sides or teams that can litter um, veteran players in their teams. Um, you know, the Pittsburghs, the, uh, the Indies, um, the uh, St. Louis FC, they're, they're taking advantage of just how young this Red Bull two team is. Um, and, and that's, and that's going to be a problem going into the playoffs, something that in years past um, they've been able to work through uh, specifically that obviously that 2016 championship team was able to push past that just with, kind of like sheer will and and they had a little bit more i think veteran leadership with ryan mara um in 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 the squad to kind of keep things calm and i i think that they really miss that right now the other thing um, of note is that i believe they've only had one clean sheet in since august 2nd i believe which is another big problem that they've had they just haven't been able to keep keep well defensively um of late, obviously, some of these games were blowouts, like the Swole Park game or, you know, the Atlanta game, things like that. But it's it is something worth note that teams feel like they can score goals against this club and know that if it comes to a shootout, they might be able to frazzle the kids. Yeah. Overall, they've had seven of their 10 wins have been shutouts. Um, and yeah, you're right. That is a big problem heading into the postseason because games get a lot tighter and if you can't keep opposing teams off the board you can't necessarily put up you know a touchdown every game and expect that to work one thing that i'm looking at too you know against these playoff teams tampa bay they split uh home and away indy they split home and away nashville they drew at home beat them away north carolina they lost at home earlier in the season they're obviously they're about to play them louisville uh, split home and away, Ottawa, uh, two draws. You know, it, it's not very encouraging. They've they've really beaten up on the teams who aren't there. Pittsburgh, they lost both of their matches against them. And uh, horrifically, I would add, the 2-1 to one win for Pittsburgh is not as close as it seemed. And the the match in Pittsburgh was a 3 nothing loss. And again, not not as close as that one seemed. <laughs> they they definitely have had some struggles against the better teams and certainly against teams that are not MLS affiliated. The independents, but not the actual independents. They did well against them. Um, the back line right now, too, we're, we're seeing a little bit of churn. We've seen some of uh, Jordan Scarlett. We've seen some of Preston Kilwine. We've seen some Sean Nealis. It is hard to pick which group is probably the right one going forward. We didn't find out. Uh, Sean Nealis only played 45 minutes the other night. Uh, it's likely because he is the only backup on the first team right now because Amro Tarek is down with an ankle injury. Uh, but it looks like Preston Kilwine and Jordan Scarlett are the starters going forward. But is that the right. best group 
for this this no. club. Look, Scarlett has been terrific this year compared to years past, but he's going through a little bit of a, a poor run of form as well. And teams have been able to to take advantage of uh, where he struggles, which is usually in the air. Yeah, Scarlett's one of those players now that um, this team needs to do a really hard look at and say, um, is this a guy that's ever going to make the first team? And if not, do they need to move him on? Um, you know, we've, we've talked about his issues in the past. We've talked about his pros, and obviously you mentioned kind of losing the ball in the air is, is a very big con for him at the moment and one that he doesn't seem to necessarily be improving all that much on. If if he doesn't make a drastic improvement and really help this team out in the playoffs, this might be the moment where you look at him and say, Hey, I think it's time to, to cut this guy because it's, this team is built to feed that MLS club. And if Scarlett is not looking like he's progressing towards that, what is this year? Number three now, I believe for him, I know that some of it was cut due to injury. This is the third year. Still, you know, we're at the point now where he's, where, you know, if, if there if there is no path to him being there, then I think that we're nearing the point where we he might need to go elsewhere. Uh, I see some of that, but I also think that he's had a career year in terms of of his output this year. 2017 and 2018, he had injury struggles and obviously wasn't available. And even though I think he still does struggle a little bit in the air, I just in terms of what he's done this season versus the last two. Uh, it is night and day. I would say that he is improving in that regard. It doesn't mean that's necessarily enough uh, for what he should be able to accomplish. Uh, but he, I think, it's like the, he's had almost double the amount of successful aerial duels uh, than he had in 2018 or 2017, which is it's a good stat. The success rate is still you know just over 60 percent, which isn't great. But if you pair yeah. him with the right guy, I think it's not necessarily a problem. The problem is, I don't know if he and Preston Kilwine work the best together. I think they're both a little bit better with the ball on the ground. Preston, obviously, just with his size, uh, is a little bit more of a an aerial presence in the box. But they lose a lot of that when they don't have Sean out there. And Sean's not going to be available because of the injuries on the first team, as mentioned. So it's a little bit difficult there. And you'll never be able to perfectly match up your center backs in this USL club because if you are a standout, more than likely you're going to move up to MLS and you're going to be working with somebody completely different the following week. So th- this team doesn't work the same way as your average um, a- as your average professional team in that sense because they are a feeder for that first team. So the fact that Scarlett constantly needs that partner and isn't and 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 this isn't fair either to him like what i'm about to say the fact that he doesn't need that is is a very big detriment and is one of the reasons why he might need to move on to potentially be able to be next to somebody that can be a constant for an entire year and maybe help him develop into what he will eventually be maybe i i i could see that that way i can also see that in the Red Bull system in particular, and we've talked about this in the past, because this sort of ecosystem is so fragile and individual performance is at such a premium that players sometimes could look worse than maybe they are because of player failings around them too. So like, I also know that uh, when Reese was down and playing, that the back line looked a little bit better overall because he was more defensively responsible. And 
Edgardo was great going forward, but wasn't, again, also uh, particularly responsible defensively, and that can unbalance things uh, and cause other issues. But uh, yeah, I that Marcelo syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic going forward, but you know, you got to get back, dude. Uh, and now, Edgardo, please come back and uh, get healthy. We're, we're definitely rooting for you. Anyway, uh, let's talk man of the match. Who you got? Uh, oh, goodness. This is a tough one in this round. I was going to go Jorgensen for his goal. I know that he did, like, technically just tap it in, but it was that. Um, I would have given it to Jared Stroud had it not been for that awful, awful, awful miss in the uh, penalty kick. So I'm going to go with uh, Jorgensen. All right. I'm going to give mine to John Tolkien. He, uh, the Academy kid is still looking really good uh, match in and match out. I don't put any of the, the defensive blame on him. He adds a lot going forward, and uh, I'm just very impressed. He continues to, to stand out to me. Also a big fan of uh, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> well played. Um, okay, we're going to take a break, so stick around. And we're back. We're going to preview the match. Critical match this weekend against North Carolina FC at Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary, North Carolina. Head coach Dave Sarakin, guys. You remember him, right? Longtime fireman. Fireman? I think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Friend of... uh, of Bob Bradley and Bruce Arena, uh, caretaker manager of the U.S. men's national team. He's doing pretty well with North Carolina. They are 14-9-8 overall. They are 9-1-5 at home. Yikes. Uh-oh. Last five, though, 1-3-1. and one. So they're not finishing up well, even though they have Daniel Rios on a uh, terrific run this year. They did win their last match against the Ottawa Fury, 3-1. Before that, they lost to Charleston, 2-1. They lost to Swope Park Rangers 1-0. What? What? They drew against Beth Steele 3-3, and they lost 4-0 to Loudoun United. Looking at that string of results, you might say, okay, nothing to fear, but this is still a dangerous team. We know what they're capable of. We know that they could be defensively sound, even though, obviously, over the last number of games, they haven't really done that. And they have they have beaten the Red Bulls. I was at that match. They beat them. It was bad. Uh, it was a two to one scoreline, but again, maybe not really indicative of what the final score could have been. They uh, they have their leading scorer in Daniel Rios, as I mentioned. We're going to talk about some of the other guys that are are doing well over there. Oh, I said Daniel Rios is their leading scorer. That's the wrong team. That's Nashville. What is my problem? Yeah, yeah what's going on here? I was Get in. I was in twenty eighteen. For North Carolina. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Anthony, I was testing you. Uh, since you haven't been here, uh, I, uh, I want to see if you uh, knew. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> or uh, you were on the show last year, and Daniel Rios was on the team that... Uh, okay. Anyway. What day is this? <laughs> Where am I? Uh, their leading scorer is Stephen Miller. Not the despicable man who works in the White House. Uh, different guy, different spelling. Stephen Miller, nine goals, 29 appearances. Then Robert Christo, Andre Fortune, uh, Ulrich Iwalo all have seven goals. Marlos Lomas, who started off the year very well, uh, six goals. 
Yamakani Chester, five. Nazmi Abadwi, three. Sam Brotherton, also three. Tom McCabe and Austin Deleuze with two. I think Deleuze retired, though. I don't think he's still playing. Yes. I think it was like a few months ago. Yep. Uh, he it, again. I brought it up last time that we talked about North Carolina. He did a fantastic series with Evan Villela. Um, oh, I can't remember what the series was called though. Out in the crowd, I believe. Uh, it was during Pride Month. He talked to uh, Evan, who is uh, a gay soccer journalist. It was a fantastic talk, all about you know kind of coming out and the experience around that. Definitely go check that out. It was great. Anyway, uh, assist leader Stephen Miller six. Ben Spees, five. Manny Perez, uh, Ulrich Iwolo, DJ Taylor at four. Nazmia Albadawi has three. Robert Christo, Graham Smith, Aaron Guillen have two. And Justin Rennix has one. They, uh, they've they done well. Alex Timbakis in goal, six clean sheets. Darren McLeod uh, has five appearances. I don't expect to see him. Two clean sheets there. Overall, they've given up 35 goals on the season. Not terrible. A little more than a goal a game. And they're just a good team at home. They really don't lose too much. They they take care of business there. They are seventh in the standings now. They're seven points behind the New York Red Bulls, but 11, or sorry, level on matches played. They're a good team. They've got a good coach. I expect them to trouble the Red Bulls because of the way that they like to play, which is to stay compact and look for chances on the break. It's essentially the Charleston match all over again, and it it could be problematic for this team. Anthony, what have you seen from North Carolina this season? Uh, Well, this season is very different from what they've been uh, of late. And that's going to be the real big issue. Both of these teams are looking for momentum. They're looking to get their mojo going here. Um, North Carolina has been far better at home than they have been on the road. It's been, it's it, it's been. I don't want to say. I mean, yeah, it's been bad on the road. So the, and and of late, they've had trouble scoring as well. You know, you're talking about eight losses on the road. This campaign um, and considering that the Red Bulls are looking to kind of get back into swing of it as well, um, it's going to be important for North Carolina to win this game and and to really step that up. So I think they're going to be looking at that, especially with uh, Nashville and St. Louis to close out the year. Um, they, have, they have two home games left. Red Bull is on the road for the remainder of the year. It's... Um, they're going to be dangerous. They're, I think they're going to be far more aggressive considering they're at home than they were the last time out um, and look for them to potentially get a few of these guys into, into double digit goals if they can. I think that um, at the very least, it's going to be a fun match. Both teams need the points. North Carolina is still ahead of Ottawa, but Ottawa has games in hands. Uh, it's five points back though. So, you know, they get, at least three points in this match. They don't have to worry about dropping any further than seventh. And Red Bull 2, like I, we, we talked about before, they have the ability to drop way down the list and is super critical for them to pick up every point now. They, I mean, in the worst case scenario, uh, I think they can get down to eighth if things really go bad enough. And that, I think, would just be terrible. Looking at what happened with Jared this past week, I think you're going to see a really big response from him. 
but the rest of the team is going to have to follow suit. And it, there's questions about who's going to start and where. You know, is it Vincent Bezicourt? Uh, do you see Lima in the 10? Are they going to play two forwards again with Elney and Jorensen? A lot of questions around this. We get a big break afterwards, so some time to reset. Uh, but this is a critical, critical match at a critical time. And hopefully we see the team rise to the occasion. Anthony, give me a prediction. Um, I'm seeing this as a 2-2 draw. I think both teams are going to get goals. I think both teams leak goals defensively. So I see that going down that way. I think that would be a very poor result for Red Bull if that happens. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed it doesn't. But uh, I actually think it's going to be worse than that. I think they're going to lose this match. And Ooh. I think the the tinfoil hat in uh, my um, office area here is is telling me that they, they aren't allowed to play playoff games at MSU. So they're going to drop down the list as far as they can go to avoid that. Not really, guys. I don't really believe that. Uh, but well, I think NYCFC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they didn't stop. It didn't stop them from winning their matches with, you know, not a great plan for the playoffs. Uh, but I do think they're going to lose this one. I'm going to call it another two to one loss. And, you know, things are going to get very, very tight with a big break and then two huge matches. The first one coming against Birmingham Legion, the second against Loudoun United. The Birmingham one is the, the makeup game. Loudoun beat them at MSU earlier in the year. And yeah, they're not that great of a team. They're sitting way down in the standings, but they're certainly causing trouble. They, we're leading against Pittsburgh tonight for a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, they put a scare in Memphis. They, they scored two in a, a pretty lopsided match against Beth Steele. It, it's definitely going to be interesting. What comes, what happens to this one? But again, I'm calling it a two to one loss. Let's look down maybe, the stand. Maybe they'll loan, uh, maybe they'll loan Wayne Rooney to uh, Loudon for, <laughs> for his last game. Oh, wait, he can't play in MLS uh, this weekend anyway. Oh, but this oh, never mind, never yellow mind. card this accumulation. Is, yes, he got a yellow card for elbowing. Oh, I don't remember who he got. It might have been Casares. It might have been Aaron. I don't know. He elbowed somebody yeah. in the head. I'm surprised it wasn't a red. Yeah, he he. I I guess it wasn't reckless enough for him to get a red, but yeah. Anyway, let's look at the standings in the Eastern Conference, starting at the top. I haven't said another team in quite a long time, but here we are. Pittsburgh River Hounds, 61 points. Nashville SC, 58 points. New York Red Bulls, 2, 57. Tampa Bay Rowdies, 57. Red Bulls are ahead because of total wins, which is, the I think, the first tiebreaker. Uh, if it does come down to goal differential, though, at the end, currently Tampa Bay has a better goal differential, 31. In the 11 and 5th place with 56 points, Louisville City, 51. North Carolina, 50. Ottawa Fury, 45. St. Louis FC, 42. Birmingham, Birmingham Legion, 39. Right now, this is this is the best part of, I think, the race down the stretch. Memphis 901 still have a chance to reach the playoffs, which is sort of mind-boggling. Uh, best name and best new name in the league, by the way. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Um, that would be amazing. They've been on a great run of form. Basically, since tying the Red Bulls, they've been putting together some big results. They are five points back of the final playoff spot right now. And if they made it, I think it would just be insane. But so they've got four games left to play. So do Charleston. So do Birmingham. Either of those teams gets a single point over the those four games. And I think 
Or sorry, no, that's not right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but that's that's where it's you got to keep your eye. Too many numbers. Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> it's too many numbers. Birmingham Legion and Charleston Battery neck and neck right now. Battery are behind because of total wins, but the the draw they got against the Red Bulls was so critical uh, to keeping them in the playoff race. They're each on 39 points. Memphis 901-34. Atlanta United 2-31. Somehow they're still in the playoff race, which is crazy, but I think that will evaporate very quickly. Um, Then Beth Steele, also not officially eliminated just yet. They're on 30 points. If, If Birmingham... Or Charleston can get to 42, then Beth Steele will be uh, kaput. But for now, they're still awake with 30. Then the teams who are eliminated, sort of. Uh, Charlotte Independence, 29 points. They are in 15th. They are officially eliminated. Loudon United, 16th place, 27 points. Or sorry, no, that's their goal differential. Um, no, no, it's 27, not. Yeah. yeah, 27 points. 27 point. Yep. Not eliminated yet, because they have four games to play instead of three. Swope Park and Hartford, 25 and 22. They are both eliminated. They have 21 losses on the year, by the way, Hartford. I just want to point that out. 10 10 matches they didn't lose. (laughs) That's terrible. Um, But they had a rough, rough start on the road. So I'll I'll give them a little bit of leeway. Uh, But yeah, not, not great from Hartford. Out West. Oh, wait, wait. Let's get a let's get a comment on who you think is going to finish. In the the tenth and final spot, Birmingham, Birmingham, Charleston, Memphis, Atlanta, Beth Steele, or Loudon United. I'm rooting for Memphis nine hundred one to get it, but I think Char- Charleston's gonna gonna sneak in there. That would be really really crazy. Birmingham, I had a great run of form to get up there, and then have have really hit the skid since losing to St. Louis. They uh, lost two of their three matches. Their win though came against Indy Eleven during their terrible run, just like MLS. So many of these playoff teams are really hitting a bad way uh, leading into the playoffs. And I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe they're like content or complacent because of their, their position in the standings, but it's a real poor finish. Memphis 901, I think has the second best run of form in the East right now after Pittsburgh. So let that sink in. Let that stink in even. If you wish, uh, out West Phoenix rising on top 72 points. They have clinched the regular season and first spot in the West. Then they're Fre- in a spiral. They're in a death spiral. They haven't won in two games. <laughs> yeah. They lost to Fresno, uh, two to one. They drew Mexico United. They were down to nothing in that game though. So I think that that probably gives them momentum rather than steals it, but we'll see Fresno who is rumored to, be either moving or shutting down next season is in second place, 56 points. Reno, 1868 in in, uh, third with 53. Then the Monarchs, this is where it gets really interesting. Uh, The Monarchs and Austin Bold on 46 points, Orange County on 45, Sac Republic on 44, Galaxy 2 on 43, El Paso Locomotive on 42, San Antonio on 41. Those are who is above the playoff line right now. Still in contention, New Mexico on 41, Portland Timbers on 38, or Portland Timbers 2. Las Vegas Lights are still Woo! not officially eliminated, even oh, though yeah. they're in 13th place. Uh, OKC Energy, 38 points, and Rio Grande Valley, 34 points. From 15th to 4th, there is an 11-point gap with 
very few games remaining. It is incredible that Rio Grande Valley could still uh, make the playoffs with their current uh, position, but they won two straight. So who knows? Uh, probably the I think the story of the West is Phoenix Rising and what they've done. But don't overlook some of the teams that are finishing strong. Fresno has two win- two losses in their last five, but they came on really strong and finished really well. Orange County was on a four-game win streak before they lost. It might actually have been five. Uh, the teams in the West seem to be coming alive, but it's it's crazy to think that a team like uh, Orange County, who's in sixth place, has not secured their berth for the playoffs because in 11th place, New Mexico United is only five points behind. That's nuts. Totally nuts. Yep. Loving and the West. And it's all about making sure the Vegas lights make the playoffs because we need more cash grabs out of a helicopter during the playoffs. They are your favorite team, hands down. Oh, God. They're, they're, they're my favorite team in the United States, period. All right. I think that's that that's fine. I don't have a problem with them. I know some people don't like the spectacle, but they're so silly and fun. It's hard not to like them, except for Eric Winalda. Don't care for Winalda. Well, you know, I mean, if you don't like, you know, coaching on Skype, <laughs> I'm never going to let him live that down. Oh, limping to the finish. It's been a while, Anthony. It was it was yeah. good, good to have you on and good to talk with you. Yeah. Next time, uh, maybe in the offseason, we'll do some European, uh, some some raising bulls. Maybe we'll talk Salzburg and Leipzig since there'll be nothing else to talk about in American soccer. There you go. There's And it's going to be oh. a long gap because it's November... Uh, till like basically the end of February that we're going to be off. Isn't it? I thought they were starting in early February this uh, next year. Early February. I heard late February. Ah, who knows? We'll yeah. see what happens next year. Maybe we'll the see. Cosmos will be in the league. Who knows? Or maybe there won't be any stop or starting because they'll be in work stoppage. Well, USL is looking a lot better than MLS is right now. It yeah. comes to that. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Although they are doing, um, I know it's not quite out there so much, but they've USL's Player Association has been doing negotiations with um, their owners, and apparently the discussions are far nicer than what's going on in the MLS side. Well, that is good. That's encouraging. It yeah. is I don't know if that's not, true, but you know, we'll see. It's definitely not good what's happening with MLS, and uh, I think. Well, no, that that's that's another show. I'm not going to get into that right now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am NYC Sports World. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And, of course, that's on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook at Raising Bull or Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us. Every bit helps with the algorithm. Push us further up the charts, guys. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They're covering MLS, USL, Premier League, NWSL, and so much more. They've got a ton of great soccer podcasts. Uh, I'm just going to go through the USL ones. I've been doing this all year, um, but they have more than this. Uh, The Curse Cast... Six Point Weekend, Off Pitch Podcast, Orange and Black Soccer Cast, Rising is One, Mongols, Play the Kids, 1868 Weekly, and so much more. A ton of great podcasts for USL and, and all of your soccer pleasure, but they've got a, a lot of great written work as well. So definitely go check that out at bgn.fm, the beautiful game network. 
Last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Anthony Merced, thank you very much, and have a great night. Were you the slow clapper all this time? No! Oh.